Hey, what's up guys? Uh, this is Brent here coming at you before the podcast. Uh, just wanted to remind y'all uh, that tomorrow, um, as of the day this is dropping, uh, tomorrow is election day. Um, so uh, make sure y'all get out there and vote on election day if you haven't already. Um, take someone who you know hasn't voted, take a friend or family member and like get some lunch before or after or something. Just make, a, make an event out of it. Um, and I know it's Tuesday. I know y'all probably work, but really try to get out there and vote if you haven't. And uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's a really important election. So really hope you voted already. Just wanted to, to give kind of one last reminder since uh, this is dropping the day before Election Day. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, enjoy the uh, the new season. Bye. What's up, guys? Welcome back to uh, Director Showdown. Season Cinco. Cinco. Cinco de los Muertos. I yep. said I would make that joke, and I followed through with it, even and though it's not I good think the it second was, time. I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it. It's a good joke. Five of the dead. <laughs> just really just a funny joke. Just a good way to kick it's things off. It's kind of racist, honestly, right? Like, Is it's it? A, it's a bit racist. Like, I'm combining, like, Mexican holidays and then, like... Oh, I see. Yeah. I guess so. It's okay. Cinco de, I didn't, didn't even think get, about that. Yeah. <laughs> damn it. Cinco de Mayo and Dia de... Yeah. Dia. Well, see, now it's funny. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, guys. Uh, welcome back. Uh, sorry for the brief hiatus, just mm-hmm. how things kind of go with the podcast. But, uh, yeah, we are... Ready to start with a couple of new directors. Mm-hmm. If you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome. Welcome. We're glad you tuned in. I don't in. know how you how you got here, but I'm yeah, glad you, you stumbled are. into this uh, yeah. hornet's nest of a, <laughs> a shit show. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm Adam and, and I, I'm Brent. And I'm usually the cynical, pretentious guy. Uh, the philosophical guy. Yeah. Um, that's nice. Thank you. And I'm no, <laughs> that's it is a genuine yeah. compliment. No, it is. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of like mm-hmm. that's your brand on the show. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm kind of the the dumber one <laughs> who no. kind of who kind of is is generally like, yeah, you're right, <laughs> and just kind of agreeing with your smart points. Uh, no, you're and cracking the, some jokes, and we both crack yeah, jokes. You're, the, you're probably the funnier one. Oh, well, the, that's that's yeah. nice of you. This is a you, fun. This is a very kind way to start season five. I, I mean, like your that. Alex Jones impression, impressions are like on <laughs> it, point. It lit so. the world on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I have to be his voice now that he's disappeared from everything, from all of public life. Now you should be the liberal Alex Jones. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. The conservative media and their listen, all these all these Senate members, 
art. I don't even know what to say. I don't. It's everything is so bad, guys. And <laughs> the thing is, we're kind of recording this far earlier, yeah. not far earlier See, than you're listening to exactly. it. Exactly. Like but, we want to be top because I know you and I want to be topical. Yeah, but it's going to be dated. Yeah, you know, um, we'll be as topical. Just just keep in mind that this is like a month or two in the past yeah, when you're I mean, listening who to knows it. whenever this comes out you know a certain president of a certain country could be assassinated at any you know given moment yeah or could just not be the president could be in jail i mean you know we're being real <laughs> ambiguous here i think uh we're or not we talking could any be in specifics. a totalitarian state uh speaking yeah. of speaking of the film that we watched today and before we get into that i do just want to say what the podcast is um just <laughs> yeah, for all you new not. people uh this is a, a podcast where we pick two directors per season uh we kind of pick a selection of each of their filmographies and mm. just kind of talk about each one uh their relationship to each other um how they compare to one another and uh this season um, if you've listened to, you know, the last few episodes, you probably know already, but is John Carpenter mm-hmm. and Daniel Kreinsberg. <laughs> For a second, I thought you actually forgot his no, name. David, I was like, Cro- oh. David Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess a bit of background on how we know these directors, right? Maybe to kind of yeah. give a bit of a primer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really familiar with Cronenberg too much. I've only watched a few of his films. Mm-hmm. Um, Videodrome, like that's when I, I got into Videodrome when I was uh, in college, and that was kind of like my, you know, the film awakening sort of thing, and mm-hmm. you know, try to catch that's the up. first one you watched of his, huh? Uh, Even maybe. with like Eastern Promises, and he, oh yeah, he did Eastern Promises. Yeah, his and newer History movies Violence, are different, right? Yeah, 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 are like and, uh, a bit different than his Cosmo uh, Cosmopolitan. Paul. Some, Wait, cos- with, Cosmopolis. Cos- Cosmopolis, yeah, yeah. With um, good old Vampire Boy. Vam- <laughs> vampire Boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good Times Kid. Yeah, Good He was, like, kid. proving himself to be, like, one of the best actors. He's actually working. amazing. I think he's, uh, yeah, he's a really good actor. Yeah, Twilight Kid. Y'all Twilight, know. Yeah. I forget his name. That's uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Invite him on podcast. Let's see. Yeah, pay Pattinson. Podcastinson, come on down to Director Showdown. Some subconscious cues because he was in Harry Potter. So he was, yeah, yeah he, he was, was Cedric. Cedric. Oh, Cedric was R.I.P. My favorite, like, yeah, I like, characters. dude. I remember really liking Cedric mm-hmm. and being real bummed when he died. And I didn't even really like those. Yeah, because he was handsome, talented, and yeah. just a dreamboat. He then, was a he was a real dreamboat. Yeah, and then they just had to kill him off because Harry Potter just had, had to, to have all it. the glory. Had to do it to him. Had to do. I it. mean, because he was stealing the stage from Potter, man. <laughs> Every uh, when I watched the movie, I was like, I mean, fuck Potter, dude. Like th- this kid's a bad actor. I don't really relate to him. It's like, yeah, it's, nobody else has lived under the stairs, loser. Like, <laughs> sorry. Sorry you had a bad life experience, uh, but you're a fucking nerd. I mean, he's a big nerd. And, like, Cedric comes Was along. Was it that whole, like, staircase thing, like an allusion to, like, Jewish people and stuff? Like... <laughs> like being like they had to hide. Yeah, I think that was a whole. Like, but he wasn't hiding. Deal. It was more. I mean, but, he's like know. an abused kid. It's like, all but no one aside. actually like yeah. lives under a staircase. I mean, but it's very. It's all uh, Harry Podcast is what this has <laughs> now become. Uh, <laughs> that that that's probably a thing. I, I bet you, dude. There's. 100%. I'm sure there's so many Harry Podcasts. And out it's there. funny. How, what else can you talk about? Except for the new films, I guess. But I mean, like fanfic, just like oh read Harry Potter fanfic. And Harry yeah. came over to my dormitory. Ron and Hermione <laughs> lie in bed. 
Man, you should naked. Covered you should write sweat. erotic fiction, Brent. You don't why think are I have doing... Adam? I don't know why you're not why you're doing this. Maybe, podcast. maybe I'll send you the link for my Star Wars blog after this, and y'all can y'all can just check that out. Anyways, John Carpenter's a great director, <laughs> and uh, I've, I'm yeah. a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, all the way from uh, from Halloween, They Live, The Thing. I know Carpenter is one of your favorite directors as well, <clears throat> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carpenter is like. Man, he's he's just one of my all-time favorite directors. And, um, like, I, I want to say the first thing I saw from him, God, was it The Thing? Mm. I feel like it might have been The Thing, and that kind of set a really high bar for me because I love that movie, and it's, like, yeah, it's you one know, of your favorite it's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, of all time. Yeah. And, um, and so, like, that really endeared me to, to his, like, directing style and... Uh, I'm, I'm just I, I feel like there's another one I'm forgetting that I watch first, but because I, I didn't see Halloween until pretty late. Yes. Yeah, and um, honestly, because we're not going to talk about it on the podcast, I kind of think it's one of those lesser movies, at least like mid tier. It's like fine, but I don't know why the fuck I'm like getting into Halloween now, but because we won't be able to talk <clears throat> about it this season. Yeah, we're not. Know? And there's going to be yeah. a movie out by the time people are listening to this. But um, I mean, it's like it's a solid movie. I just think. Mm. And and I, I appreciate it more than I love it because I it's it like created the slasher mm. genre, you know? Well, it was um <clears throat> Halloween was was a pro was appropriate for its time, mm-hmm. which I'll get into with this historical context with this uh film that we are doing. Which yeah. is uh well before that, I, how do you feel about Cronenberg? Yeah, okay yeah, I was gonna talk about that too. Like I, I think I, I'm a little more familiar than you are with Cronenberg stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I've only seen maybe a couple more than you have, but de- de- it def- uh definitely isn't on the level of Carpenter. Um but everything I've seen by him has been just like really mesmerizing and gross and just like unique. Like his movies are and so that's, and that's like eighties Cronenberg. Yeah, and, and it only kind yeah. of cascades into his like Eastern promises and history of violence and just the, yeah. Um, very few and far between violent scenes, but they're very gross. You yeah. Know what I mean, he definitely, yeah. yeah, he's an incredibly, I mean, he, he created body horror yeah. and that's going to be something that I'm sure we talk about a lot this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said eighties because this, this season specifically, the kind of filmography that we're watching mm-hmm. with these guys is, I, I think it's entirely 80s. I yeah, think it's only 80s. It's only doing. 80s movies. Yeah. So that's why we're starting with Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Yeah, uh, yeah. John Carpenter's 1981. Is that right? 1980. 1981, yeah. 1981, that's right. Yeah. Wow, he made the thing a year later. Fuck, okay. Um, that's why the 80s was like a great time for uh, Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk not, about that a lot, not, too. But not monetary-wise, but, uh, <laughs> but creatively. No, yeah, you know. yeah um, and so, yeah, we're, gonna, we're starting at the beginning of the 80s, and we're just mm. going to go through these guys' kind of filmography up until, like, 87, 88 is the last movie we're talking about, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so a little less familiar with Cronenberg, but I love The Fly, and I'm yeah. really glad we're... Uh, wait, we're going to be we're talking about The Fly, right? Is it in I the 80s? I think it's 80s. I think it's the 80s, yeah, with oh, Jeff geez. Goldblum, right? Yeah. God damn it. I'm, like, freaking out now, because I'm pretty sure it is, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's the 80s, but it seems like the yeah. cards are stacked against Cronenberg, don't you think? Yeah, in I terms mean, of it, our sort of you and I's like perspective on Cronenberg. Yeah, I mean, as far as like winner loser, 
I don't know, man. Maybe that maybe that is just taking a backseat this season, and then we'll revisit it at the end. You know? Yeah, I kind of want to have yeah. it organic. You yeah, know I mean? exactly. Because like, yeah, both of us aren't as you know familiar with or which is kind of uh, cool. It's a different little spin. It is. It is. It is yeah, good. for sure. We're kind of like on In the, the same, same level right now. Yeah. So we'll see how our perspectives. Um, morph and change throughout mm-hmm. the season and i hope you guys are ready to rock and roll because yeah. escape from new york is one of my favorite movies i didn't get to yeah. talk about it too much on um you know sticker fridge yeah shout out stickerfridge.com top sticker movies rush those top read those top five top five movies yeah but um yeah i i love escape from new york and the reason that i do is because I'm a big Metal Gear Solid fan. Oh, shit. Boy. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, Hideo Kojima uh, absolutely loves Escape from New York. And that's, it's so obvious that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's maybe one of the most obvious. Like, you could say it's borderline copyright, copyright <laughs> infringement or whatever. No, uh, uh, what's it? Plagiarism. Yeah. Copyright okay, infringement better, doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Well, maybe doesn't. it is. I don't know if, if Snake Plissken is like copyrighted, like the character. So you're kind of is. my anytime yeah. I encounter in like the zeitgeist, like anything mm. to do with Metal Gear, you're always the one I go to because I, I yeah. that's just a thing that I missed entirely. Mm. And so like is is the character in the game's last name Plissken? Um so in Metal Gear Solid 2, yeah. Um Solid Snake uh, ends up going undercover. And he goes by Pliskin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a little like wink and a nod to mm-hmm. uh, to escape from New York. But okay. um, I mean, Solid Snake was the code name that he had uh, in the first one, and the way that Solid Snake carries himself, it's it's in tandem with Snake Pliskin. Like, there's no doubt that he's 100 percent like the same character. Yeah, and. <laughs> Uh, I talked about this on um, Revenge of the Sequel for Escape from L.A., but um, yeah. which you guys should check out that episode after this yeah, one. Yeah, probably be a fun little companion, mm-hmm. companion piece of this. Um, that uh, John Carpenter, who did, who made Escape from New York, uh, sued uh, Luke Benson, who oh, uh, yeah. did, uh, was it Lockout, I think, with... Uh, so. Yeah, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. I yeah. think it's Luke Besson. Luke Besson. Yeah. Is, is that? I don't know. Some friend, um, that alleged, alleged rapist. Now. He's not. Though. What? Yeah. I thought he got me too. No, nah, he just like slept with a fourteen year old. But like in yeah. France, it's like that's the age of consent, oh. so it's like kind of weird. Okay, right? It's huh. like a little strange. like a little international waters incident. Yeah, so it's a little of a gray area. But I wouldn't okay. go as far right. as to say rape. Okay. But, yeah. Know. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. That's you know. But um, but anyways, yeah, um, you got sued. Yeah. He got sued because Lockout was very similar to Escape from New York. Um, I never watched Lockout, but apparently, like, yeah. I think the president's daughter gets, like, kidnapped and put in a space prison. And then, like, Guy Pierce okay. has to go and, like, save her or whatever. Huh. And apparently it's, like, really close in, like, structure to Escape from New York. Yeah. And, and Carpenter won the lawsuit. I yeah, think, he won the lawsuit. Yeah. So Luke Besson, like, uh, paid out. Mm-hmm. And then people asked John Carpenter, well, why aren't you suing Hideo Kojima for <clears throat> Metal Gear Solid? Like, that's a, that's Snake. Like, he copied you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he just seemed like a really nice guy. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, well, that's yeah, that's fucking great. You know what? I don't I, think he just likes Metal Gear Solid the series too. I bet he yeah. Just plays well, he's it. he's like a gamer. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about. I'm going to bring up games again with this movie. I think mm. specifically, but I wanted to talk about Carpenter a little bit, and uh, we'll do this for for Cronenberg a little bit too. Just like a, like a tiny little like history lesson a little bit. Um, so yeah, like ba- basically he was a, a guy that grew up. I fucking already forgot where he grew up, but. Um, yeah, he was making like eight millimeter movies, eight millimeter films and stuff. Um, he actually got into, uh, into Hollywood by, um, like doing music and being like an assistant or like a writer actually like writing stuff. And he was actually part of a, uh, short film in 1970. He co-wrote a short film that actually won the Academy Award. So he actually won the Academy Award in 1970. And I think that's just so funny how his career is like flipped backwards from what people usually go. Like people usually start with like, unfortunately like unsuccessful movies and then they get, you know, near later on they get like an Oscar and success. Mm. And he kind of had this weird like backwards trajectory where he got like an Academy award. Well, it's just like, it's just like what I told you about Aaron Rodgers, man. I don't, yeah. you don't understand that football reference. I but don't know. Aaron Rodgers quarterback for the green Bay Packers. Yeah. He won like the super bowl in uh hmm. 2010 and it's like he's done he doesn't need he yeah doesn't he's, need he's chilling now <laughs> he just he's relaxing and thinking yeah. about that is fascinating with yeah. like john carpenter's career because he always seemed and seems like a director to me who just like he only makes movies that like he really wants to make and yeah. like you can really sense that like he like just wanted to make this thing regardless of whether it's good or bad like you mm-hmm. know later on we'll probably touch on at some point like that you know he did have a he, pretty uh, long run of like some rough movies in the nineties right, and, right. and the aughts a little bit. Um, so yeah, he, he made that in, in 70, got the Academy award. And then, uh, his first movie was this movie called uh, dark star that was actually right. written by Dan O'Bannon who went on to do aliens mm-hmm. or alien. I'm sorry. Who wrote alien. And that was like this box office dud. It's like a, it's like a sci-fi comedy. I actually haven't seen that one. Um, but that was like, he like kicked things off with the dud and then he did, um, assault on precinct 13, um, which is a great movie. Yeah. It's That's great. We watched 80s, it pretty recently. It? 76. Oh, it's like his first big one after, yeah. after dark star. And, uh, That's how a zombie movie should be, even though there's no zombies yeah. movie. Zombies well, it's like, it's like kickstarted like the siege movie yeah. thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, movies like green room and stuff are inspired by movies like that. Um, and I should say, uh, what I wanted to bring up too, is that, um, that movie was heavily inspired by Howard Hawks, uh, this like Western director and Rio Bravo, hmm. uh, connecting to last season, Quentin Tarantino's favorite movie. Oh. And so he grew up, what I wanted to say too, is that he grew up, uh, like obsessed with Westerns, which will tie into this, I'm yeah. sure. And, uh, and like science fiction movies. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's interesting to kind of see those collide yeah, I guess in I his see, uh... filmography. Seems like he likes the Western <clears throat> sci-fi horror sort of mix-up. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. That's kind um, of like his his like little uh, signature yeah, move, little huh? signature move, yeah. a little early early on. Um, so cool. yeah, I mean that's that's really all I wanted to to kind of bring up a little like a little mm. bit of history on him. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and then one of his earlier movies after Assault was Escape from New York, mm-hmm. which we were talking about right now. Right. Okay, now. so I wanted to bring this up. <laughs> the beginning of this movie is fucking great because the beginning it just kicked thing like kicks things off 
Uh, bum, bum, you got bum, you got bum, a fucking yeah. Bum, well, that bum, bum, the fucking bum. great score that he made for it. Dude, we're gonna be just like singing <laughs> his like music my so much in this season. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and I I love it because it's a lot of setup. It's a lot of exposition, mm. but it's just getting it out of the way. It's like doing it really fast, really mm. efficiently. Um, like the president's. Uh, you know, the Air Force One goes down. Right. There's the escape pod, which Air Force One, the movie stole. And, the, and it's real simple. The president, that, that baby yeah. boy, is, is in the middle yeah. of New York. That is a, uh, prison, it's a prison now. State, yeah. yeah. It was a dystopian uh, prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, and then we're introduced to Snake. We're introduced to the ticking time bomb. Get the president or you're going to die. Like they set up all these, like, very <clears throat> simple, like, rules about, like, this is how... This mm-hmm. is how the world that you're going to be in. Yeah. And then you, these are certain aspects that you need to pay attention to. You pay yeah. attention to the clock because he's yeah. got the he's got the little capsules that's going to explode his brains out if he doesn't get the present out in time. You have uh, New York being a crime-infested prison area yeah. where it's not regulated by any, any – um, no guards. It's just a uh, anarchy. Oh. Yeah, of, complete of anarchy, yeah. yeah. Then you got a police state that's outside, you know. It's mm-hmm. all very simple, but it's yeah. like it's just a good way to start things off. Yeah. What how this movie originally started off is okay. completely different, actually. Wow, okay. Huh. So they deleted the initial scene. Okay. And the initial scene was actually when uh you know how Snake was talking to the warden and he was saying, you know, uh, he was in Siberia or some shit like that. I don't yeah. know. He did a bank heist. That's how he got caught, right? Okay, yeah. So they actually sh- filmed the bank heist. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I watched it, and it's not very good. Um, yeah. Well, that's probably why they cut it. <laughs> well, like, they had a little robot that was, like, you know, like, kind of... He was like on the ground. It was what it looked like one of those um, what do you call them Roombas or whatever. Oh no! And he was saying like oh closing or some shit like that, like yeah. robotic voice saying like secure. It was really <laughs> jarring. Oh my god! And okay, then, was I want to ask you this because okay. it may clear up one point in this movie that is a little bit unclear to me. Mm. Was Harry Dean Stanton in that? Scene. No, he no. Wasn't. Okay, and that's also something we talk about. That? Into who who was in this scene? Okay, yeah. Who so was in it? it's Snake, and he he. You don't really see him. How he get he, he gets in because he dresses up in some like um, maintenance guy costume, and he just steals a bunch of credits from the the bank. Yeah, and blah blah, and he meets up with this guy who is his partner in crime. And he's like hot wiring the subway. I don't know why. Holy I don't. Shit. I, don't under, I didn't understand like what, wow. what hit that guy's purpose was. Yeah. And then blah blah blah. They get away, <laughs> but then of course the cops find them, and then what ends up happening? They shoot his partner, and okay. Snake get like gives up. Mm-hmm. And apparently they cut that because they didn't want any redeeming factors from Snake because it kind of showed that he was okay. sympathetic towards his partner. So they kind of wanted to like have him more of this mysterious badass for yeah. the film, and I'm like, I agree with that. Yeah, I like that because it, yeah. it is very western in a sense. It's yeah, very so like wanna... uh, Sanjiro and uh, mm. what's the other one? 
what uh, Yohimbo. It's oh, like, Yohimbo. It's, yeah. it's very like classic Western. Like mm. this guy comes into the picture from the wilderness, and yeah. he he doesn't talk much. Mm. It's like very Clint Eastwood. Uh, I mean, he obviously likes mm. uh, spaghetti westerns. John Carpenter because mm. he has. Uh, I just said his name earlier and I already forgot it. What? Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, it's a hard uh, name because I keep. I was. I yeah. was trying to remember that name. It just keeps like disappearing from my mind. Yeah. So he has Lee Van Cleef, who's in multiple. Yeah. He's in like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. He's yeah. like always the villain in in most of yeah, those. Yeah, that was him. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's he was such a badass and bad dude. Guy. He's yeah. He's yeah. fucking great yeah. in those movies. He's great in this too. Uh, so <laughs> speaking of the deleted scene, yeah, yeah. A, I was watching. It was, I saw the special features on the Blu-ray mm-hmm. and. Uh, they had an interview. They interviewed the guy, his partner, in that deleted scene. And that's the only scene he's in? Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't make any sense that you would be interviewing this person because yeah. they were asking him, like, how was it, like, working with John Carpenter? How That's awkward. It's so Because he was just like, well, you know, he's really great. And he's like, how's it scene wasn't cut. Yeah. Yeah, has he been in anything else? Do you recognize him? No. Oh, that was his one. That was his uh, his big know. shot. It was his one. But it shot. was really awkward because like he because he obviously said like yeah of course I was disappointed like I was cut you know yeah. anybody would be and they were just like kept talking about like how's it working with John Carpenter how was Kurt Russell how was like how do you feel about the cult they must status not have been able of, to get many of the actors maybe then yeah that's right? was, it was so strange to me I forgot the cabbie's name but I think he was already yeah. dead at the time that they did those interviews probably well it was I only one the thing is it was only one inner like you know you have a selection of like things to yeah. click on uh-huh. on special features There's that was one. that was like a single thing that you could click on it was just him that's weird it's so strange and that's really awkward and i guess they justified it by asking him the question like um this scene this subway scene has gained cult status and i was like what the fuck i haven't heard that well, that was like pre-internet too. How is there cult status for anything? Well, it's like that's a deleted scene too. Yeah. Like the cult status for like that deleted scene. And I was like, I never heard about. I've never heard about that deleted scene. I until never have either. Yeah, it's fucking strange. That's wow. Yeah. Well, I do want to see that, but I'm glad yeah. it's not in this. I'll show you after the book because, like, yeah. the, the opposite. <laughs> Of what you describe with that, I think mm. is what they went with because it's like it's so efficient. It's setting up, and I want to go back to the the ticking clock thing because that is a mechanism that can be done poorly. I can't think of any examples, but I feel like it can be done poorly. But when done right, like that can be such a useful tool for like to move your story along and just like uh, your audience engaged, intense. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like this is going to happen. At this point, we need to get done with this story before mm-hmm. that happens or something bad happens, you know? Um, and so that, that, that tension is like looming throughout the movie. And, and also, yeah, it gets all of the setup, all the exposition out of the way really quick. Um, and so, so when Snake flies in on his glider on, yeah. onto the World Trade Center. Right, here we go. That, I know what you're getting. That at. we can, uh, that we can just fucking go with him, and that, and then he can, you know, we can watch him kind of explore and figure things out, mm. and you know, run into all these crazy fucking characters mm. uh, without the the need for any more exposition. It's like it's so efficient. Like that, that's the way to do an action movie. Mm-hmm. I think you know. It's like I mean, it's like when you play a game, you kind of you mm. read the rules and then see what happens. Yeah. 
this know? movie this movie feels like a video game. It really does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like like I feel like uh a snake. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I like I don't know, it's like it's so weird because I it makes sense to me that John Carpenter's really into video games because like mm. so many of his movies I feel like would work as them, you know. Right. Well, kind of like the uh these kind of um anti-heroes kind of like how Ryan Gosling and Drive and you know, snake pull skin in this. Mm. They're kind of more, they're vacuous, mm. but I don't say that as a, it, it sounds <laughs> negative, but it's more of like, oh man, like I could like kind of put myself in yeah, his shoes. Vessels. Or, yeah, yeah. Vessels for you to experience like what's going on because yeah. if you give them too much dialogue and backstory, it kind of removes that whole like immersion that, um, vicariously living vicariously through yeah. their experience. Cause even Kurt Russell, I was listening to an interview from him about this and he was like, he's kind of like snake is like someone like we all secretly like want to be, we just want to be yeah. like this badass who could just like, <laughs> you know, live in a fantasy world where we can just like kill anyone and not really care and sort of thing. You know, yeah. like I kind of, I get that. Like, yeah. That whole like, uh, and that's, that's such a like video thing. game protagonist. Exactly. Thing. Like that, yeah. that's what they like took stories like this, mm. you know, that to be fair, uh, uh, you know, did take it probably from Westerns and then yeah, they kind sure. of used that yeah. for their protagonists in like half life and in uh, halo and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like where the connection comes from. Man, who would have thought super Mario bros would have got us in like, you know, primed us to like look through, I know, right? The the video game lens, lens for, for this season. <laughs> that is kind of weird. I was thinking about what other reason. Uh, there thanks, was another John. reason I was, uh, huh? I was like, thanks, John. Yeah, thank you, John. Uh, sincerely. Um, yeah, because there was another reason why I was thinking a lot about Mario when I was watching this movie. Uh, is it maybe like the... Uh, slime Punk. You want to talk about punk? Slime Punk? Are we going to get into Slime Punk? Yeah, why not? Okay. Let's talk Slime Punk. So... Uh, we were going to our buddy David's bachelor party, and I just came up. I just had a weird epiphany mm-hmm. uh, that uh, there should, there ought to be a subgenre of sci-fi, mm-hmm. and not cyberpunk, but slime punk. Slime punk. It's because uh, I feel as though cyberpunk's more on the uh, cybernetic android kind of hacked yeah. hacker-esque it's a little more ingrained you know? in sci-fi and futurism and futurism yeah. you know while slime punk is more like a little bit more um like it, um, it's fantasy it's more fantasy yeah i'd say like because super mario bros was like super slime punky to me yeah where it's kind of gross and yeah like, it's like gross more f- urban more fantasy. decay urban decay is yeah. a, a big part of it urban too. decay that's kind of um uh a lot of crime and kind of just gross and just you see you know yeah. fog steaming out of sewers and yeah it's very like yeah. like teenage mutant ninja turtles right. the first movie and street sharks dude remember street <laughs> yeah, sharks, street sharks hell yeah yeah so I feel as though, let's get that going, guys. Hashtag slime Hashtag punk. Slime punk. Get it going. Get when, it going. Anytime you see a movie that fits that description, fucking hashtag slime mm-hmm. punk. I uh, mean, yeah. Escape from New York kind of has <clears throat> those. It, uh, it has some vibes. Yeah, some, some slime punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
influences a little bit there. Because they kind of, you know, like all the all the gangs are kind of like warriors, you know, the warriors. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I would imagine is kind of like a proto. <laughs> I'm already like doing some, I'm writing my yeah. thesis paper on slime uh, punk. Yeah. Uh, like proto In the slime first punk. paragraph, basically. <laughs> yeah, like uh, where it's kind of this uh, underbelly of, of, uh, of a city and uh, yeah. that... Um, it's like a jungle per se, like a, a concrete jungle, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to actually bring up, since we're already there, is kind of like the historical context for um, for yeah. um, Escape from New York in the sense of when it was created. And, and this was in 1981, yeah. so the 70s was actually a big um, decade for rising crime, <clears throat> or at least the perception of like... For sure. Um, crazy shit was happening. A lot of gang violence and serial killers yeah. coming out and whatnot. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think that's a big influence too. And mm-hmm. even more directly to New York. Exactly. New York was like a crime ridden, like yeah, cesspool city. in like the 60s, 70s. So you can see. It was see. really bad. Yeah. And so like, it makes sense that he was like, well, I mean, fuck. this has to be set in New York. Yeah. It's already like that. Like, it was really, let's really just, rough. Let's just uh, start everything over and make yeah. New York the uh, the cesspool for criminals <laughs> and let them do whatever they want. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's also it's also one of the first examples I can think of, of like, because um, I think John Carpenter is an incredibly cynical. Oh, he's a nihilist. Yeah. Like, he's a straight up, I think, nihilist. And this movie is very cynical in that, like, it's not even based that far in the future. And yet like society is fucking collapsed already. Uh, it's like, he does not have much hope for humanity, uh, pretty much. And like the only, the good guy per se <clears throat> is this, is this asshole snake mm-hmm. Plissken who doesn't yeah. give a shit about anybody except for yeah, himself. And exactly. he's the only person who's good because, uh, everyone else is corrupt. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> <laughs> so he's the only honorable man because it's like he just he's he's just true to himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what's yeah. so interesting. He's that, so that's how, he's so uh, just only self interest. Yeah, that like he seems, but he's not good. deceptive. See, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he's he's so true to that mm-hmm. that he's not a fucking corrupt guy with under because every other character, all the other people have mm-hmm. have second agendas they always have something underneath like what they're doing yeah like the warden he deceived snake with the whole like shots he said it was antibacterial but it's not it's like that's right yeah the know, warden's a real piece of yeah, shit it's a real movie. piece of shit yeah. and then you have brain who is who uh, r.i.p harry dean Sandon. oh man one of the best and uh at first we thought they were gonna help but then they decided their own self-interest. They wanted yeah. to escape, right? They wanted to escape from was. New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they ended up betraying Snake. Yeah. And then the Duke is just a, he's just an asshole. Yeah. The Duke of New York. Yeah. But he looks cool. Yeah. With fucking his, Isaac Hayes. Yeah. With, with the, his, dude, the chandelier yeah. car is still like one of the fuck, best. Oh, it's so fucking yeah. cool. God, dude, the production design in this movie, you can tell the budget, even for the time, the budget, yeah. I think, was pretty minimal. It was um, small, yeah. And, you know, just because that kind of segues into this thing I was thinking about when watching this movie is that, like, Carpenter was a guy who was operating at the same time as, like, these household name, like, masters, pretty much. Like, like it's just crazy to think 
Stevie Spielberg. Yeah, it's like Spielberg was like putting Jaws out, putting Close Encounters, uh, whatever else, Mm. out around the same time as like these movies. Huh? E.T. Same as the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. We're going to talk about that, I'm sure, next time. But um, and then you have these like like the the production design, the budgets are definitely uh, they they look cheaper. And that doesn't mean that they're Mm. like worse by any means, but it's just interesting to me to think that like Spielberg was the big household name guy, but then you had like, uh, just like, I was trying to think of a metaphor with like the high school lunch, like, like high school lunch, like Steven Spielberg's like the popular guy. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? And then like John Carpenter's like reading comic books in the back of the auditorium. No, he's the guy who's writing up like death list of like who he's going to kill. Like, oh, probably. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. maybe. No, no, he was the guy who uh, fucking wore like, um, who wore trench coats on un, like unironically? Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. He wore like sunglasses every day. Like, who was like, yeah, he's a he's a. I'll say this about him: he is a guy who I'm sure was always like sincere about who he is. Yeah, for sure. Because that you can like that's apparent in all of his movies. Yeah, like he's just he's John Carpenter, and you're going to get a John Carpenter movie. You know. Well, he was saying in his interview for this film, like he just said like his nature is just to automatically oppose like authority. Like that's just what he, yeah. and you can just see it here. Like he's like, for sure. Like Carpenter has to be like an anarchist. Like there's no doubt in my mind that yeah. he's uh, just any sort of authority. It doesn't matter if it's from the right side mm-hmm. or the left side. Yeah. Because at the beginning when the president was uh, getting kidnapped, it was a bunch of leftists and they were like, racist America. We're going to fucking like, you know, yeah. take, take our vengeance upon the, and like get the president and shit. Yeah. And the president ends up being a piece of shit. Yeah. And so is the, so is the far right police, like, um, <clears throat> the police force mm-hmm. It's like, he's just like, fuck fascism, fuck like socialism, yeah. fuck, you know, <laughs> all that's that what shit, I really dude. picked up on. Yeah. Not to like, uh-huh. just jump to the end, but I'm going to jump to the end now. Uh, but like, mm. that's what I, I didn't catch the first, this is only the second time I had seen it actually. Yeah. Um, uh, finishing it tonight. Uh, I caught this time, like what he was intending with that final scene with the president. Right. I yeah. love that scene. It's so good because he's like, he's like, don't you realize how many people died? And then they're like putting mm. makeup on the president. The president's not even looking at him. Mm. And then, and then he just says some throwaway thing. And yeah, then Snake, we appreciate like, walk- the nation appreciates their sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Oh shit. Okay. He's a piece of shit too. Like it was snakes. Like one thing to see, like if he's actually a genuine person. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's it almost like him yeah. being like, like not that I care, but was this guy even worth it? You mm-hmm. know, it was like it was like. Well, that's no, what I thinking. think what would have happened is if he had a genuine answer that was like meaningful. Yeah, he would have given him the tape. I think that's what it would have, what it would have oh, because he because yeah. he tore up the cassette tape as yeah. he, it was really that was a really badass scene where he was just tearing it up. You know. Yeah. And I think like he would have given it to him if like he yeah. said something like meaningful, but he didn't. So he just said like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm gonna start. I'm, yeah. tr- I'm thinking through his movies. Dark endings, man. Yeah, a lot of his movies have real dark endings. This one, no different. Mm-hmm. What we can infer from the ending of them not getting that incredibly vital tape that was like gonna like. Uh, what what was the purpose of it? It was like it was going to like uh, unite for nuclear, people, yeah, for nuclear fusion or something. <clears throat> All that's fallen yeah. through now. Yep. <laughs> so it's like 
Yeah, it is funny how like... Uh, but, you know, there's a sequel to this movie, so I guess everything turned out all right. I guess so. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen it, so, I mean, I'll, I'll check it, it out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's talk about... Let's talk a little bit about the... the oh, boy, here comes... Uh, big Tits McGee. Yeah, a little big big boob lady. Yeah, there, there was, I was like, Jesus Christ, John Carpenter. You're just like... <laughs> no, her whole character... That's I mean, it. like, no, she's... She has some agency. Yeah. But, well, she's badass at the end. Yeah, you know? she is. But, like, she's dressed up in this sexy gown, yeah. and her tits are all hanging Just out. right there, man. 80s. And when she was with Harry Dean Stan with the revolver, she was, like, like handling the revolver like it was a wiener. I am not kidding. <laughs> if you watch that scene again, she's just, like... Yeah. She, she, what's the word? Coddling? The, uh, <laughs> but, uh, just rubbing it. Stroking? Yeah, stroking <laughs> the gun. I was yeah. like, this is very suggestive. Uh, on, yeah, we have it going on in the background right now. But when... Oh, wait. Uh, huh? This, I was going to bring this up. One of my favorite, favorite lines. It's not even a good line. Yeah, yeah. But the what way that um, uh, Henry Dean Stanton... I think it's Harry or is it Henry? Ha- Harry Dean Stanton. I'm sorry. Harry, okay, yeah. I, I always Harry get Dean mixed Stanton, up too. Yeah. yeah. The way that he delivers it is so amazing. Like Snake, like he he's about to do it, but yeah. he like kicks him over and threatens him, and he, to ask him like uh, where the president is. Yeah, he's like, I swear to God, Snake. <laughs> I don't know. The way he does it is so fucking yeah. fun. I swear to God. I swear to God. Like, he's I like remember that now. Fucking like, I don't know, yeah. like some. Every, dude, most line readings he gives are just like so off the wall, but they work because his character is like a real whack. Yeah, he's a little eccentric guy. And uh, you know what I wrote down when I was watching the scene when they first meet mm. is because uh, Harry Dean Stan's character, Brain, knows, yeah. knows Snake. They have a little bit of a history. Yeah, I was like, how do people know about Snake? And it's not not that I was bothered by it or anything that much, but but, but that's Harry what's kind of cool about it. Yeah, because he's like this legend. You know what I mean? Like he's like everyone knows of this kind of like mysterious mm. badass guy who's done that's all true. these crazy yeah, even, cool even the stuff. cab driver was yeah. like, is that Snake? Like, it kind of just adds to his like his kind of mythical mythical character status. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that makes sense. And that's why it was good to also cut out that subway scene because it takes away from his soul, sort of. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about with Melvier Salad too. Mm-hmm. Was like, and that one to give our podcast listeners some um, some background knowledge. Mm-hmm. In the second game you don't play as the main character Solid Snake. You play as Raiden, who's kind of a a um, what do you call it? A second. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. There's a term for it. Like, like NPC. Well, he's kind of like just. He's he's not as cool as Snake, but he's ob- observing Snake, and you play as Raiden, yeah. and you're observing Snake and how cool and badass and mythical. Like, yeah, I like that yeah. word, mythical. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of like, that's how Snake Plissken is here, is just kind of by how everyone knows him, and you're following him, but how everyone yeah. else reacts to his like reputation, it kind of just adds to like, how badass this guy is, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's why I love about how, like, I know in a um, realistic sense, like, it doesn't make, it's kind of weird, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you already know this is, like, pure fantasy, so let's just, like, let's just, yeah, let's just go with it, you know? Fuck it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, what, what segments do we have on this goddamn show? I always forget. 
We have shots, 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 everybody. Oh, boy. Um, shots. You know what shot really st- stuck with me? Hmm. Uh, being a kid who lived through 9-11. Oh, man. Uh, lot, I, I knew a lot of World th- Trade Centers in this. I knew we were going to bring that up. Yeah, a lot of World Trade Center shots. You, <laughs> The fact that the plane landed on the world world yeah, trade, yeah, I was like, "Ooh, this is awkward." Yeah, and also, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and also at the end when they have to run up and down the World Trade Center, yeah, and they do it real quick, and it's a hundred and ten stories or mm-hmm. whatever it was, and it's like, ah, all right, it's it's not that kind of. Well, movie, we don't we know? don't need no time on his watch passed. Like it was hours that time. That yeah, hour, not, I don't yeah. think it was hours to get up to the top in the movie. Well, they need the day change because obviously they filmed all the top scenes of the World Trade Center at the same time, and just that's like, for sure. Yeah. Well, that was probably all sets. I think all yeah. of that was sets. Well, yeah, they couldn't bring lighting in, I guess, for yeah, because they they had like, and I think I think a lot of the New York skyline in this was like miniatures too. Well, you know, our look. our friendly neighborhood James Cameron. I don't even know why. Spider Man's how we have to head. refer to him now. Yeah. His friendly neighborhood, James Cameron. <laughs> it's for it's, well, it's because I played Spider Man recently, mm-hmm. and then Good video this game. is in New York, so I'm like, you know what? Yeah. He's a it's talented a artist. Connection. He drew the New York backdrop for like with his fucking hand on glass. Wow, that's pretty cool. Wait for what scene? For uh, when uh, I guess when he fl- when they fly in, you see the New York oh. landscape. Damn. Wait, so what, okay, what, what is James Cameron? He was a special role? effects, um, DP, oh. I think. Oh, shit. Yeah. He I always did, forget um, that he has that background. Yeah, he did the, um, I, I was wondering why you didn't bring it up. You know, in the beginning where you see the, um, the kind of computerized images of, uh. Um, that's a real James Cameron thing. Yeah. yeah that's see, an alien. You know how he did that? Huh. He fucking, they made the miniatures with cardboard mm-hmm. boxes. And he outlined the buildings with like highlighter tape or something, and it lit up and it looked neon. And what it's real fuck? footage; it's not wow. like computerized. Yeah, that's wild, man. And then he's, he's always been a guy that's like coming up with like crazy fucking ways to do shit. I, you know, I respect see, the hell no, out of yeah, Cameron. He's, yeah, he's amazing in yeah. a technical sense. Yeah, and for that's sure. all give him. It's, it's a lot to give him, though, It's a man. lot to give he's him. He's advanced a lot it's of a shit. It's a lot to give yeah. him. It's not a disrespectful <clears throat> thing, but yeah. you know you could work on your plot a little bit, <laughs> Jamie. Maybe, maybe a couple more drafts of that script there, Chief. I mean, At maybe least he's doing days. that now. Maybe he really took... That's Avatar. my theory, man. No, that's you, we can get into our Avatar hey, two, not? three, four, five why theories. Not? Let's do it. I really think that those <laughs> movies are going to come out. People are going to be like, "Fucking shit, dude! These are you really know, good." You know, for some reason, I, I want him to fail, but you know, at the same time, if he makes a great movie, yeah, he makes man. a great movie. I think uh, I don't know. It's like he. He's been working on him for so fucking long. <laughs> it better be a fucking masterpiece, dude. Avatar. Dude. Came out almost ten years ago. Isn't we saw that insane? It, yeah, we saw it with we our saw high school. We saw it together yeah. in IMAX. Yeah. It was a great experience. It was a great experience. Um, don't let us down, James Cameron, our like, friendly neighbor. There's a lot. James yeah. Cameron. <laughs> there's a lot, like a lot of expectation now because yeah, the fact that you've been talking about talking big game, James. Yeah. And big game, James. That's what they call him <laughs> down there at Disney. Dude, Disney owns Avatar now. That's gonna be oh, wow. oh boy. 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of right. I mean, Star Dude, Wars. Is, isn't oh, you working know what? Out, so, huh? Star Wars isn't really working out. So, well, you know, got yeah, the Avatar coming. Yeah, dude, I bet Disney is really going to, like, push him to get those movies out now. And then they're going to put Avatar in the Star Wars universe. It's going to be a whole... Christ. Han Solo's going to show up. What are all these blue people? That's my Han Solo impression. That's pretty oh, good. Jeez. That's pretty good. Because it's the Alden... What was his, what's his name? Alden, Alden Iron Ironreich or something. <laughs> That's I don't know what good. that was. It sounded like a fucking like he sounded like him in yeah. Solo, a Star Wars story that was one of the best movies of 2018. It's me, Han Solo. My last name's Solo because I fly all by he myself. He sounded like a Jewish Han Solo. <laughs> Han Shalom. <laughs> That's been our podcast, guys. Oh, uh, we God. appreciate you listening. <laughs> No, but uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, what were you talking about? Oh no, I hope uh, no. James Cameron, yeah, he did a lot of um, did a lot of FX for this movie. He also did the um, the plane scene outside of Air Force One. You know where it's um, when it's flying? flying by, yeah, dude. Wow, okay, Even that's really cool because I remember thinking CG. like this looks good. Yeah, for like a movie in eighty one, like a lot of the special effects look pretty good. Yeah, this motherfucker, our friendly neighborhood, James. Yeah, what what he do? He like got like a mesh and then put a bunch of cotton all around, and the, the mesh was like kind of translucent, so it would look like that it was like the plane was suspended in air, mm-hmm. and he just had all that cotton that looked like clouds. And he what? just had like a like a mini like model plane, I think it was motorized or whatever, mm-hmm. and that was it. Wow! And he, he made it work that easy, huh? I mean, it looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that plane scene. Um, it's amazing that James Cameron worked on this. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. When did Terminator come out? I think eighty four. Yeah, I think yeah, mid eighties, right? Yeah, eighty. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think eighty four. Um, mm. I always forget that he's like a special effects guy, a big special effects guy. And also really good at driving trucks. Driving trucks. Is Tru- he? he? He was a truck driver before he became a film guy. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, that kind of he's ties a into his like, love for like, the blue collar. Yeah. Uh, his, his characters are always like very blue collar, and I get mm-hmm. it now. Huh. Well, this isn't the James Cameron <laughs> season, but uh, you got a little tidbit of that future, uh, that future season. Uh-huh. Uh, I really like this. We're watching the train scene now. Oh, you know what character scene. I want to talk about? Huh? Is one of the greatest actors in this film. Oh man, I think I know what you're talking about. It's the little the little little fairy boy, little Oh dude, I dude. fucking hate that guy. He's so good at what he does. Oh though. no, he is though. Yeah. Cuz like I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Uh John Carpenter or <clears throat> I don't know, someone was talking to I don't know who it was, but they were just like, yeah, he just kind of like, he did his own thing, man. <laughs> we didn't have any lines for him. He just started talking. and No, that guy's so fucking weird, man. <laughs> he's great. But like, he yeah. leaned into it so hard. Yeah, it was absolutely. So he's like, he's like. What's his name? God. I don't know. I didn't even remember I his character's name I could say Schmeagle because that would be as close to. Yeah. But pretty much, guys, he's like this little tiny, like, he's like an evil. He looks like an evil fairy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you know those trolls. Dragon toys? Ball Z hair. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z hair. <laughs> Spiked up like blonde, like Super Saiyan hair. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's real slime punk. Yeah. Like he's wearing like a real <laughs> nasty trench coat, 
Probably got nothing on underneath. No, it's like a tunic, isn't it? Like a fucking like brown. Like I think he's gonna come out soon. You'll see him probably. And he has yeah. like he has, he replaced his teeth, I guess, with like fangs. And I like, didn't even catch that. Yeah, <clears throat> he just looks nasty. And the way that he yeah. starts off in this film is uh, he he's the first character yeah. that uh, Kurt Russell encounters, right? No, one of the them. Um, the warden. The um, yeah. Remember how they're trying to find the Oh, you're right. I forget yeah. about that scene. And it's yeah, like yeah, 30 yeah. seconds or he dies. Yeah. And then when they leave, he's he does this like weird like breath thing. He's like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> he's so weird. Yeah. I love it. I love how weird yeah, he is. Yeah, that guy is fucking odd. And like he's he's like kind of, um, he's probably a homosexual and like the Duke yeah. is probably fucking him, right? <laughs> there's no doubt in my yeah, mind. Like there's I, yeah, some subtext, some homosexual subtext for sure. Yeah, a real because, there he is. Yeah, yeah there's, there he is. There's slime punk boy. <laughs> look, he's wearing like a oh, he's wearing like a dude. Team. He really is just doing his own thing <laughs> and everything. Just, look, watch. <laughs> oh, I love that delivery. Sorry guys, I know this is <laughs> an audio podcast, but <laughs> just watch the movie. He's just, fucking great. Well, um, the scene where uh, the Duke and um, he he captures Snake. Yeah, and they're. And they have the president, and he's using Snake's gun to shoot at the president, you know, kind of like shoot around yeah, him or whatever. That seems And the little, little guy is just like, kind of like has his leg a little too close to the Duke. Seems yeah. like they're kind of, you know, they're little, little yeah. buddies. I mean, I, I, I think that, yeah, everybody around the anarchy, Duke, man. I think it's just like a big fuck fiesta. <laughs> Like in, in the Duke's the Duke's house, Duke's I've palace. Never heard of fuck in Is- I mean, it's Isaac Hayes. Of course, he's fucking everybody. Mm-hmm. He's Isaac Hayes for God's sake. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Duke is a fucking great character. He's like decked out mm-hmm. in like a general's uh, like overcoat kind of thing. Right? Yeah, and then yeah. he has like a cool fucking uh, Australian, Australian cowboy <laughs> hat on. Yep, um, tons hey. of earrings. Eddie, he's a great villain, and he has a um, the one that we already talked about. But the car is like so. Gr- Awesome. Like, I don't know what, who yeah. thought of the chandeliers. Yeah. Uh, Cadillac. But instead of like a couple of like lights uh, on the front, how about we just have two huge chandeliers <laughs> on the front? And you know, that's like, all the, all the shit we're talking about right now is yeah. a testament to like world building mm. via production design. Right. Like by like visually showing us weird shit. Mm. Like I love uh, one of the first scenes when he gets to New York and he walks in to the theater I love that scene because it's like all these just they're all criminals, but like people Mm. are just chilling in the audience. And then there's like all the guys on stage are doing like this all female, like all the characters I think are female. They're all in dresses and they're doing this like play this like musical, you know, John Carpenter was playing like the guitar in that scene. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's his cameo. Yeah. His little cameo. That's great. Uh, Mm. yeah, but I mean, it's just little touches like that that Mm. like give you like some like, you know what it reminds me of? The world. It reminds me of Bioshock. I feel like Bioshock was pretty yeah. uh, inspired by That's like interesting. by yeah. this. You know, dude, Bioshock seems really Carpenter esque. Now that you right? like mentioned that, I yeah. can see that because like the whole like peop- like an anarchistic like um, city, mm-hmm. and we have all these like wild things, all these very uh, idiosyncratic like people, just kind of. Doing, you know, like those those yeah. criminals who were uh, just dancing around on the stage, right? Yeah, you would have those kind of scenes in Bioshock. I, I would, uh, for I sure. Would say, yeah, you know? dude. Yeah, there would be a lot of those in that mm-hmm. game of the uh, 
what were they called? Splicers or slicers? Splicers, slicers. I yeah, don't know. Uh, yeah. Just like these mutated people. Is, yeah. I feel like the, there's a shot of Lee Van Cleef that's playing right now where he's just looking over the New York skyline, and I feel mm. like that was Lee Van Cleef just being like, "John, let's put this shot in there." I mean, I'm a I'm a famous you know Western <laughs> actor. Just give me a give me a fucking money shot. Just give me something, John. <laughs> no, I really yeah. like his character in this one because he's just. I love how much of an asshole he is. Yeah, he's, well, so, he's so like authoritarian. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hot. At the same yeah, time, it is. You know? It's cool, it's sexy. And it, you know what I was thinking about too is like. We're never going to get a character that at least in the sense that like mm-hmm. a character that or maybe I should say an actor playing a character like this who looks like him because it's um, like he's like what? lost his hair. He's old. Well, like, you know, I wanted to bring up um, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Oh, OK. Because that warden of the that Supermax or whatever, mm-hmm. the one that Don Vince Vaughn. He kind of reminded me a lot of uh, the warden here. Yeah, you know? I can see that. Yeah. And they were kind of the same, like an old, like cut from the same hard cloth. ass, like kind of, mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, I mean, they look. I mean, they look similar too. So yeah, you know? that that's another director. Uh, what's his name? Craig. Yeah, Craig T. Zoller. I yeah, think some his name. hard named. Yeah, some <laughs> weird name. Yeah. He's uh, really great though. Somebody else took the easy version a, a while back. Yeah. See what he's doing. Okay, so yeah. our, our back to our little dark elf guy. Yeah. See, he's doing some weird stuff right now. He's like massaging. He really was his- doing his own shit, like the whole <laughs> movie. I love this scene. Yeah, the scene that's yeah. playing now. They're they're shooting at the president. Mm. Uh, the president has like nuclear codes attached to his wrist, but like nobody even gives a no, shit. No, it's about the that. fusion shit. The yeah, you're right. Fusions, the fusion. The yeah, tape, whatever. Yeah. The uh, what do you call that? Um, what. Uh, God damn it. Well, the fucking, uh, the, the thing, thing that everybody is wanting, but it doesn't matter. The, what? The, never mind. The plot device. Oh, the, the, the MacGuffin. MacGuffin. The, Jesus uh, Christ. nuclear, yeah. nuclear um, cassette tape. I'm going to edit all 45 minutes of that pause that just <laughs> happened. You, yeah, you this. should. Uh, <laughs> um, no, the cassette tape that has a nuclear fission, like, yeah. talk on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, like, falls out while they're shooting at him. Yeah. And also, it just made me, like, uh, <laughs> just want to see... It just felt good to see a president being shot at. I just <laughs> like that a lot. It just felt really... Uh, it's really good to see old, fat, white men getting shot, <laughs> getting at, shot at and being good. humiliated for some reason. Something visceral, like, down yeah. in my core is, like... You know, watching very... this now, it's it's knowing that he is an asshole and that's revealed at the end. It, mm-hmm. it, it, because, like, initially watching it, you're like, I kind of feel bad for this guy. But then well, again, he's, he's not a kind character until the end. Well, like, he's kind of presented as kind of, like, a pathetic sort of... yeah. Yeah, like just a foil being shoved to, around by. He's everybody. like a foil to um, to Snake Plissken. Like Snake Plissken seems like a very in control, genuine person, while this guy, this president's kind of like this, just I uh, who has no awareness of anything that's going on around him. Yeah, completely unaware and just is being shoved all over the place. Yeah, but yeah, that's why it's so funny um, to see. I mean, I'm pretty sure Carpenter was probably like super cynical due to you know Nixon and that whole. Yeah. Well, eighty one. You know? I, I looked it up just to get a little more context of the time, mm-hmm. and eighty one is when Reagan actually took office. Right, and that's let's keep that in mind actually for the rest of the movies we watch by Carpenter that Reagan is in office for all of them, ending in right. the last one that we're going to watch. 
they live, I think it's going to be kind of a fascinating well, thing to, to, to piggyback onto that. Um, yeah. Escape from LA. It, it's so funny because I usually get escape from LA and escape from New York. Like their stories kind of mesh together in my brain. They're really similar, right? Is yeah. What you're saying? But the thing is like escape from LA was kind of like the movie that, um, he wished he could have made with escape from New York. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And, uh, well, he kind of took the themes of New York and went further with them, I guess. Like expanded on it? Yeah, because what happens in L.A. is that America becomes a fascist Christian theocracy. <laughs> and it's very explicit that on like how... incredible. Yeah, God, so that's it. what I mean with Reagan. Reagan would... If, if Reagan really like... Sorry, conservatives who were listening to this, but like, mm-hmm. you know, he Reagan would prefer a theocracy... Per yeah, because he, you know, I, I think all of them would to an extent. Yeah, yeah, and even like when the characters, I don't, I think it was the same boarding guy. He's like, America loves uh, Jesus, like red meat and guns or some shit like that. You know, like, <laughs> and this that was in like '97 for Escape from L.A. So I'm pretty yeah. sure like he looked at the Reagan era and you know drew um, criticism. Yeah, but I mean, it's it, he also. Even in um, Escape from L.A., he still also insulted the left. Like, he was very, like, mm-hmm. critical of, like, socialist, like, movements. Like, the president's daughter was a socialist yeah. in that one. And she wanted to escape so, in L.A. You're yeah. talking about yeah. this? And I can't believe that this came out in 97, what yeah. you're describing. Because, like, like that that is such a product of... Like the eighties because it's right. like ninety seven. Exactly. That's like, was that's still like stuck Titanic. There. You know what I mean? Like nineties, yeah. mid to late nineties mm. was all like romanticized, like escapist films. Right. So you know? LA was kind of like the last breath of nineties action, I should say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. Um that I mean, like, was, cynicism there. Yeah. And uh it definitely wasn't um it wasn't its time. I guess it should have been released in like early nineties. If anything. Yeah. That's probably why it didn't do super great. Is John Carpenter just like, I don't know, like a a man out of sync with the times that he's in. Is that maybe why his movies haven't done well? Well, Halloween was pretty like on point. Halloween was a big hit. Yeah. Cause that was right with the zeitgeist of like serial killers and slashers. Right. So the seventies, like, you know what? I'm I'm sorry. I, I fucked up earlier when I said, Assault on Precinct 13, that that led to Halloween. Halloween mm. was the one that uh, kind of gave him his, like, almost, like, blank check that allowed yeah, that him, to him to do, to do this one. movies. Yeah, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he... I, and I wanted to bring this up earlier, too. Like, he, with the exception of Halloween, Starman, because Jeff Bridges was big at the time. Um, Jeff Bridges was in uh, Starman? Yeah, right? Starman... Um, mm. I haven't seen Starman either, yeah, actually, I but know. I hear it's yeah. good. And I think one other one, all of his movies were like duds at the box office. Yeah, I don't and, know how he kept like surviving. Yeah, like he to this day talks about, I should probably save it for the Thing episode, but that movie yeah. like broke his heart pretty much. And he hasn't oh, gotten over that, Yeah, you know, which sucks because it's like everybody it's agrees now. Movies, like, you know, I'm, just like I, ho- I hope he knows. I love the thing. It's yeah, so good. I, I really hope he knows how big his influence and how appreciated he is like before he in dies a, you know? in a cult in a, in a cult sense you know like he's a, he's gone that cult status because i yeah. feel like carpenter is not really someone people 
you know, you don't go to film class and you start talking about fucking, you know, John Carpenter. But yeah. I think a lot I of I think you will eventually. Yeah. You know. But uh, I mean, in, in film circles, like I think a lot of us like really love Carpenter. Yeah. Like, I can't I can't see. Him. Well, you you haven't watched uh Stranger Things, but but Stranger Things I? is such a yeah. yeah. Stranger Things is such an interesting thing, just like cultural artifact, because it is pretty much combining Spielberg with John Carpenter. That's weird. It is. It's it is weird. A stranger thing. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. But um No, and it's it's I th- I think John Carpenter's influence, man, like is really being felt today because you have movies like it follows like the soundtrack to that. Well, yeah. Like I feel like John Carpenter was a whole synth wave, like guy for film, right? Like he kind of started the synth wave. I I think he, he has pioneered a lot of shit that we're seeing Mm -hmm. become very popular today. Stuff like, because like eighties influenced movies are starting to really become a a thing that's happening. Dude, like everything I love was like, probably influenced yeah. by like John Carpenter on it. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know? He's uh I th- I think in in the in the eyes of like God, in the eyes of God himself. <laughs> uh no, in in like the mass market. Yeah. You know, a lot of people may not know his name, but like they, they know certain movies influences. and they know the effects that he's had on yeah. movies, you know. And it's more that can be said about a lot of directors at least, you know. At the very least. Yeah. Absolutely. I just want to. I just want to have a beer with John Carpenter and say he seems like buddy. he'd. Uh, I've listened to a couple podcasts. Yeah. He seems real chill. Yeah, seems like a real cool guy. Just talk about video games. Oh my god. Yeah, he like he like loves um, mm-hmm. the Dead Space games. Oh yeah, Dead Space is amazing. And he he, yeah. he even said at one point that he'd love to do a he Dead Space movie. He wanted to do it. That's yeah. what I remember getting that so been so cool hyped about it. That's like so. That's like almost too perfect though. Yeah, it's almost like. Oh, I feel God. like I I can already see that in my head, you know, and you I don't know see if that's Cronenberg a Cronenberg doing it as well. Do Cronenberg doing a Dead Space oh, movie? God. That'd be so fucking gross. Except EA fucking yeah, sucks. EA does fucking suck because uh, they killed any hope for any <coughs> any movie. Were right? they the ones that shut that down? They shut down Visceral Games, right? Wasn't the name of the company? Oh, yeah. That's right. They did shut down the, yeah. the Dead Space studios. So, and Dead Space is one of my favorite games. Like, it's so much fun. Mm. I love that game. But you know, that's just that's just that's how it goes. That's man. how it goes. He seems like, and also to talk kind of more about like him as a person, his like work ethic and stuff. I, I was reading some interview where he seems so like laissez faire about uh, mm. like remakes and stuff. He was like. He was like, if you want to like redo one of my movies, yeah, just cut me a check. Like, like that's what Rob Zombie did. I think Rob Zombie yeah. was talking about that, how he did that with Halloween. And like Rob Zombie, like or John Carpenter, like doesn't really seem to care. Like it's not precious to him, you know. Yeah, it's like it's precious to a lot of us because we've Which like so taken ownership. Funny. It is. Yeah, it's he's so like I don't. He's like whatever. Like as long if you want to pay me, cool. That's so weird. Like I yeah. don't know because I mean we talked about Luke Besson and how like he fucking yeah. Maybe, maybe it's because he, he did well, he didn't go to him and like cut yeah. him a check. Like, I mean, <laughs> hey, like, just go to John Carpenter, cut him a check, and then and then uh, you're good to go. But if you bypass that, man, he's gonna take you to court. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, Hide- but then Hideo Kojima didn't do it, and he's yeah. like, oh, he's just a nice guy, I guess. Maybe it's all in the execution, it's all in the like, execution, right? <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, that's but, too funny. But like, the thing when you I mean, we're going to talk more about it with his other films is, is that he just seems like a really angry person, at yeah. least in the eighties. 
Yeah. Um, well, I guess Escape from L.A. showed a lot of, like, anger towards, you know, mm-hmm. authority. Yeah. You know, and it's just funny because, like, he he seems like a chill dude, but he has, like, all this, like, all yeah. this hatred for authority, you know. For sure. Like, very cynical of just how humans are and what they do, you know, just, like, everyone is terrible, like in Escape from New York, everybody is terrible. Yeah, pretty much. I can't even... Society has collapsed. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and, and he even did... There's no compassion anywhere from anybody. Yeah. You know? I, I want to I read up more on his um, Apocalypse trilogy, because it starts with The Thing, and it's mm. this unofficial trilogy he did. Um, yeah, that starts with The Thing, and then it's Prince of Darkness, and then it's uh, In the Mouth of Madness. And the thing is by like easily the best one. It's maybe the only legitimately good one. Which one? Uh, the thing. No, the thing. In, yeah. in the mouth of madness, I, I really like, but it's kind of bad. Uh, Prince of Darkness is just bad. But um, I mean, those are very dark, very like like humanity's fucked. Like that's like the the log line of all three of those movies, pretty much. But Escape from New York, same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I guess they I guess live, so. Yeah. Same thing. Like humans are just just suck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're, but they're so fun that yeah. that doesn't. That's not overbearing. Yeah, because he has a darkly, like <clears throat> darkly comedic like aspect. Yeah, you know, and I think that's where good old Nick Castle came in here. Yeah, his great uh, Dennis the Menace dialogue. <laughs> Dennis, um, yeah. Oh boy! Shout out to, uh, to you Nick listen to that, that bonus episode of Dennis yeah. the Menace. Uh-huh. Our boy Nick Castle, who we referenced on that episode, is co-writer of this movie. Isn't that so strange to me? It's it's really well, weird. And, John, and, and he's yeah. the shape from Halloween. He's the killer. Oh, he's yeah. Mike Myers. He's it's awesome power. It's so weird. His yeah. career is nuts. <laughs> yeah, what he's, a fun life to be Nick Castle. Honestly. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, yeah I wrote some, some good movies, and I was also the <laughs> Halloween guy, you know? Like, <laughs> did you do Desmond's? I mean, yeah. You know, Walter <laughs> Matthau was a dick. I mean, whatever her name was, was a delight. The chick who's... In that Paul Feig movie, the the grandma in that movie, in Dennis the Menace. What? Never, never, never mind. <laughs> I forgot her name. Oh, she was the actual like actual one of the good people in that entire. In movie. that shitty yeah. Paul Feig, uh, yeah, Paul, movie. Puck Paul Feig. Puck Fall Feig. Puck Paul Feig. Puck Fall hashtag. Puck Fall. <laughs> I don't even know what is this. Is that like? Is that like a thing? Uh, it's gonna be now. Now it's take puck off fall. Overnight. You hear that, folks? You know, and and we haven't talked about this. Okay, let's let's. There, there's let's an elephant. Get, let's get it. There's out an elephant of, in the room, Adam. We need to talk about this. Let's get out of the way. Let's do it. Paul, if you guys a new movie out, and apparently it's really good, and I'm pretty I'm bummed about it. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe it'll be a bonus episode. It's like it's like what you know how we had the discussion before about like how. Like whenever I watch movies like like the key, I don't know why I always go back to the King speech or like <laughs> no, it's a, it's the best example. It's the best example. Darkest Hour is the one I yeah, use. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just kind of like yeah, it's good, but like I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like a, like an indifferent good. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh yeah, this is really well made. The story's solid. You know, I followed everything coherently. The acting yeah. is amazing. See, it's, and it's just kind of like it doesn't. It's so. But it's just so blah. It's yeah. not inter- It's like it's not very daring. I should say. I guess yeah, is what and it is. I, 
I just I don't know enough about it to really have any kind of opinion. But <laughs> I, I follow people like the the film Twitter people mm. who have talked about it and say it's really good and talk. I don't know that like people whose opinions I respect highly online really like it. And it Mm. makes me, I don't know, man, it makes me just want to die. I think, (laughs) I think is the overall, it makes you want to get rid of, of certain people who are in certain high places of a certain country. Yeah, it does. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. It just bumps me out because I was I was hoping for like a low like a like a low high twenty yeah. percent Rotten Tomatoes score, and it's sitting at eighty five or some banana hey, shit. Hey, so isn't he still doing that stupid like dentist movie where like okay? The dog so guys, thing? also feeg update hashtag feeg, feeg update. update. <laughs> um, uh, you know, let's. I kind of want this to be a segment that we should revisit every now and then. Where we oh, update man. on directors that we've covered. Yeah, for sure, for That'd sure. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kubrick is update. still dead. Huh? And Kubrick is still Kubrick dead. Kubrick is still dead. Uh, Spielberg. But his, his Napoleon script is what I, I want to read. You know, yeah, I think I sent it to you, right? Yeah, I want to yeah. read it. Um, that, that's somewhat in some stage of development yeah. uh, as a miniseries. But uh, Spielberg uh, is Writing doing West Side Story, which I don't really know why. Because I want to see him do a musical. Cool. But like, I think he just wants done. to be like... He just wants, he's grasping at straws to be relevant, man. It's to me, it seems, I don't know, man. I, I hope like he's not just trying to like get that, another dude. reward. I think, I honestly think him remaking West Side Story might be him like, yeah, I really want to get a, yeah. I really want to get a directing Oscar one more time just to be tied with like the greats. Right. Which he might, cause the idea of him doing a musical is really cool, but I'm not super intrigued in that. But anyway, what was I talking about? Feig, Feig update. Yeah, Feig update. He's doing a movie where a guy trades places with a dog. And the guy's a dentist. And the dog becomes a dentist. Guys, this is a real life This This is not a motion joke. Motion picture. This is actually not a joke. That you can watch you within can, a year or this two. This is a serious thing he's actually doing. Yeah. And uh, I just don't I don't know why it's a dentist specifically. Yeah. I don't know what, how you would change places with a dog in it to be any sort of coherent story. Didn't Tim Allen already do that? The Tim shaggy Allen, dog. Shaggy right? dog. We, we, how was that in your head? I don't know, man. You got a lot of bullshit up there, Adam. <laughs> I need to clear out the memory banks a bit. <laughs> Got a lot of oh, just waste. Um, I know. Um, Shaggy Dog already did it. Tim Allen already. Uh, yeah, he snored enough it. cocaine for for all. You know, Tim Allen did did the dog one. You got Kevin Spacey in the, the cat, cat one. Ooh, remember Nine Lives or whatever? Yeah, remember Kevin Spacey? Remember him? <laughs> R.I.P. Question mark. His career for sure. Hashtag Jesus. Kevin Spacey. You know he had a movie that came out like fairly recently. Dude, it made like a thousand dollars. Yeah, they're just like, well, <laughs> like, fuck so. it, let's just push it out really quick. Yeah, and, then... and it's called like All of the Boys or something. <laughs> no, it's like legitimately and it has the Baby Driver kid in it, right? I think so. Yeah. It, it legitimately has a name that's like awkward now. <laughs> I think it is like All of the Boys. It's yeah. weird. It's really oh my strange. God. Oh, guys. Kevin Spacey, why don't you come on the... No. No, you're not welcome here. We don't, Hashtag we don't not me. If Kevin Spacey emailed me, I would legitimately be like, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Kevin. I mean, we, I, you're, I don't, I don't want to give cancer to our podcast. Man, we would, we would get so many listens, though. Oh, my God. We yeah, would, but people we would also would, be like, don't give this We would do the Donald Trump voice. method where we would gain... 
um, oh, the popularity Trump, the Trump through on notoriety. SNL, right? What? Oh well, it's like a, it's like a Trump on SNL thing. It's like remember when he yeah, hosted yeah, SNL? Yeah, you would be, and it was like fun. It's notorious. It's notorious. So you get all the yeah. you get you get all these clicks because it's like oh my god, I can't believe they yeah they let that person on there and stuff. Okay, well, Kevin Spacey, maybe maybe, maybe. shoot us an email. We'll we'll weigh some things. We'll we'll just let you we'll, say like we'll think about it. Hello, boys, and that's it. And then you can just go. <laughs> Hello, boys. If you just want to send that to us yeah. as like a sound clip. Uh, if he yeah. did it, we'll, we'll input it now. We'll insert it right here. Yeah. This very moment. All right. Thanks. Um, thanks Kevin for coming on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh yeah, God. guys escape from New York. Real solid, real fucking. Well, really what good would movie. Cronenberg Ooh. do if he, okay. Oh, we do. We getting back to this this season. Yeah. I think Cronenberg would be fun for this one. Honestly. Yeah, um, I think it'd be a lot grosser than it is. It would. Yeah, that's 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 fair for sure. That's it. Definitely would be. But like the thing is, like Snake would be kind of the same because I think of like Eastern Promises sort of thing where mm-hmm. he's, uh, you know, Viggo Mortensen's kind of like this silent badass sort of thing, you know. Yeah, and like I would feel like he'd say even less words than, than you know, he does. You know. Yeah, I th- I think there would be, um. Cause, cause Cronenberg doesn't shy away from, uh, what, what do you even call that genre? Like hyper realism or like, like, I, I guess just more, more science fiction. Like I'm mm. thinking of something like, have you seen, um, what is that one? Existence came out in 99. Ooh. Um, man. it's a weird fucking gross yeah. movie. All of his movies are very drug inspired too. So I, I think yeah. this version of New York would be drugs would be a lot more involved. There'd be some mm. psychedelic elements and maybe even, uh, I don't want to say supernatural, but people, people would be fucking, stuff. there'd be like scientific, like mutations in the streets. Like people would be doing like, which gross is so funny. Cause in, in escape from LA, really, they are doing, they, oh God, you should watch it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, there's I'll, one I'll scene with, um, the guy from, uh, evil dead. Campbell, what's his name? Roy Bruce Cam- Campbell's Bruce in Campbell. It? Yeah, that's cool. He's a LA uh, plastic surgeon, and he looks really fucked up because he does all his plastic surgery yeah. on himself. And Why have I not seen this? Yeah, this sounds it's amazing. Super Cronenberg because yeah, it's like you see all these fucked up people, and he because he's the one who's operating on them. Yeah, and he's like fixing them up because they want to be beautiful as LA, right? Yeah. <laughs> So it's like it's the same kind of thing. So I would say Escape from LA is kind of like what Cronenberg. That's too might funny, have, man. Might have done for this. You know, I, I could definitely see yeah. Cronenberg's influence on Carpenter actually, because Cronenberg. Say it, huh? There's a character named Cronenberg. Yeah, in this oh, there movie. you go. Yeah, they yeah. he directly gives Cronenberg, and it's it's so it's too specific to be some kind of accident. Like yeah. Cronenberg had already done. It's too specific. Yeah. Fuck! What did he already do? He already did the brood. He already did mm-hmm. the fly. Couldn't have, dude. The fly. The has fly to be was 80s. later. Yeah. yeah. Um. He it had already like, done something. He had already established himself when he made Cronenberg uh, and Carpenter were really coming up at like the same time, pretty much. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're I'm like just, the Tarantino and PTA. Yeah, actually, pretty much of their time. Yeah. Um. Very similar in a lot of ways too to the films that they make. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, Carpenter's later movies. What I was going to say is that they seem a lot more body horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the In the Mouth of Madness is like a straight up 
like Lovecraft body horror movie, and it's really fucking gross. See, it seems like to me, I guess we'll find a more down line. Yeah. Is they kind of, uh, they play off each other probably. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in that vein, uh, I, I think maybe they are a lot more akin to PTA and. Yeah. Maybe they know, have that Quentin fun, like, relationship. Thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty neat. That'll be that'll be a fun thread to follow uh, mm-hmm. in the season, also. Because I don't see Cronenberg really deviating too much from this like very straightforward kind of plot. Because I kind of like how simple it is. Just like let's just get this fucking. Oh, in his version, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't either. I think or, it would I mean, be go the Eastern Promises route, where he's kind of like always been like part of a gang like in New York or something. Yeah. He was always there, but like he's undercover. He's doing it for you. You know what I think it'd be? I I don't think the president (laughs) would really be the main thing. I don't think it'd be, it's funny to say this because this movie isn't plotty, but like, I don't think it'd be as plotty as this movie is. Mm. I think it'd be snake goes here as a convict and then it's him doing something as a convict. Yeah, yeah. Like trying to escape as an actual prisoner. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Because I, uh, I think also we'll be talking about how, uh, Carpen- Carpenter and Cronenberg, I, to me at least, unless, you know, rewatching these kind of open things up more, I think they do have very similar worldviews. Like I think Cronenberg also has like a very dark, uh, view of like humanity. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they were probably inspired by the likes of like Philip K. Dick, you know, yeah, kind for sure. Like that sci-fi authors of the sci-fi time. druggy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, from the seventies, that was probably like when the come down from like the from the drug revolution of the sixties, right? And so you kind of see the more negative effects. Yeah, of, it's um, a response. To yeah, the 60s. a recoil. And yeah. then yeah, and Cronenberg specifically, mm-hmm. like the majority of his movies, like heavily deal with like drugs of some kind mm-hmm. or like some kind of substance. Really positive um, ramifications. Yeah. Like always things, yeah. pretty much negative. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah. I, uh, we're, we're just watching the movies ending now mm. and I completely forgot that the, uh, fucking president is the one who kills yeah, the Duke. Old Duke. That's kind of a kinda number great. one, a number oh, one, the Duke. The Duke, a number one. Hmm. I feel like there's more. There's more commentary under the surface there. Like the president is the one Who to kill, kill the, the king of like the prisoners. I think it was more of him being like like super like. I don't. I don't want to say petty because if someone like did that shit to you, I guess you'd be pretty mm-hmm. mad too, and you would want to. Keep- more of like a revenge thing. Yeah, it yeah. was more of like just a revenge. Yeah, I mean, because we see them like mistreating him the whole movie. I mean, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And there's Cronenberg yeah. right there, the little scientist guy. No, what? Yeah, that's Cronenberg. The, the The character's name is Cronenberg. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that was him. Okay, yeah, okay, him. I didn't know that he was yeah, the scientist the, guy. The scientist okay. who injects the... Uh, that's the that's funny, man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's which makes sense because I could see him like you know with the fly, I guess, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but it, I don't know. I just see him like it makes sense that he's a scientist guy. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. No, his, his <laughs> movies are, yeah, I mean, definitely in the sci-fi scientific. Scene, yeah. He's um, definitely intentional. Well, but yeah, see, now we got the amazing scene that we talked about before. Yeah. With, uh, with the present the, getting all they're making, up. yeah, the, they're, uh, it's kind of a little commentary track now, but <laughs> the, the president is safe. He's getting made up to go in front of, uh, mm-hmm. the press in front of the nation, whatever, with this tape basically saying, 
whatever. You know, the key to world peace, pretty much. MacGuffin, MacGuffin, MacGuffin. MacGuffin, MacGuffin. Um, and he, you know, Snake walks up and he's like, you know, a lot of people died to get you here. And right. then he's like not even looking at Snake. He's just blowing him off completely. Mm-hmm. And and then that's when I do like that, dude. I like that the the idea that he would have given him the tape if the president was he would have absolutely. I think done he would have, yeah, because it's like something genuine. Yeah, yeah it, but he's like he doesn't deserve it. This this guy, fuck mm-hmm. him, because Snake's the last genuine person. Because everyone is all about like I guess appearances right now, you know, trying to trying to. I mean, that's like with everybody in this film except for Snake. Yeah, this is true to himself. Yeah. And, and it's like that. That's yeah. really interesting because I was. I, this is so like half baked to this idea. Yeah. But it's like this. Uh, what what did I put down here? I feel like we talked about true to self. What was that? Um, oh yeah, from uh, the master. Um, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character was Freddie. Only, right? Freddie yeah, Quell. He, yeah. Freddie Quell was one hundred percent true to himself. Yeah. Even though it's despite the negative consequence. Consequences to that, you know. Yeah, and I, I wrote down getting to this the end of this movie. I wrote mm. down sincere cynicism. <laughs> it's like just because, like, it's yeah. because I was like John Carpenter is a very cynical man, and you can tell in most of his movies, right? But also all of his movies, and that's what I love about John Carpenter. And maybe I should have said this earlier on, but like mm. all of his movies are very sincere, like they're very just like authentic, and there's like not. It's not ironic per se. It's not like tongue in cheek and yeah. like shit like, like that. You know? I, well, yeah, ironic, right? Like yeah, ironic like ironic cynicism. Yeah. yeah, I hate ironic cynicism yeah. actually. Yeah, and um, he he has like a sincere cynicism, and I think that yeah. is what makes his movies so good, and that's what makes them so hard to replicate today. Like that's why like, Stranger Things doesn't quite work. See, ironic cynicism is more of like you are like a romantic who is like you know, um, who was probably betrayed by the world. You know what I mean? And then you use your cynicism to cover up any sort of like expectations of your romanticism. Cause like you would want it to be romantic world, but everything sucks. So you have to automatically be ironic because you know that the world sucks, right? Mm-hmm. While Carpenter is like, yeah, dude, the world fucking sucks, man. Yeah. Like, he's just, he he leans into it. He yeah. knows what it is. You know? God I, damn it. I almost said he tells it how it is, but that fucking phrase has been ruined. Fuck it. We're going to take it back. We're taking it back. We're, he we're te- John Carpenter it. tells it how it, it is, is, man. He tells it yeah, that's how why it he's, is. That's why he's so fucking good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, as the credits roll, um, you got this, any final thoughts on... Uh, this this season, Escape from New York, uh, John Carpenter. No, I'm I'm really I'm, I'm I, I feel like this is going to be a uh, laid back season because mm-hmm. um, I think with our last season, I was very I was very studious, I guess. You know, like I was very yeah. like trying to track well, the, down. the yeah, I mean the content I think called for it a little more there. Yeah, because yeah. PTA is uh, PTA and Tarantino are you know very. Um, you know, skillful with the details, you know, yeah. while, you know, I feel like Carpenter, at least from what I know, he's kind of like, yeah, man, let's just, let's yeah. just do this shit. You know, don't, <laughs> don't totally, don't totally, um, tuck that aspect away though, because, uh, they're, they're, uh, I mean, we're going to watch Videodrome, man, and we're going to be watching yeah, the we'll fly see. Well, yeah. and there, there is some, some fascinating. I will say though, I've those. had seen. I've seen Escape from New York, I don't know, like probably five times. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. I I didn't really think 
too hard about it since I've seen it so many times. I got you. Yeah, I'm. Re- I really can't wait to watch the the stuff that um, you haven't seen. I think. I think yeah. I. So I'm thinking we're going to be watching the Dead Zone, also. Okay. Instead of one that I, I yeah see like a I, different one like you're in charge of like the schedule yeah, dude, like I don't no. even know what's going on yeah so and yeah. I haven't seen that you haven't yeah. seen that and I'm yeah. excited to like come to one that like neither mm. of us have seen you know mm. uh, it's gonna be fun uh, this is a fucking great movie guys if you haven't seen Escape from New York check it out it's a blast mm-hmm. um, it's like, just a great 80s just ex- action movie yeah just uh, that's what's funny I wanted to talk about actually just a little bit yeah but. yeah it's not even an action film. It's just kind of a horror, yeah, a horror thriller type thing. It is like a thriller mostly. Because there's like yeah. zombies, like they're almost like zombies, like how they come out of the, the sewers, yeah, and they're just and they drag that woman who um, was supposed to that almost seemed like she was going to be like a big deal, the, the blonde lady in a. Yeah. Oh God, hold on. Yeah. In the. Uh, he runs across this store, and it's called Chock Full of Nuts. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And I was like, well, I guess he's chock full of nuts, huh, for doing this job, right? <laughs> but in that in that store, he meets up with that, uh, that lady, that blonde yeah. lady. And I thought, when I first saw this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, she's probably going to be like a main character or something, because like, she wants yeah. to escape with him and being seductive and whatnot. But no, she just gets like dragged underneath the ground with like a bunch of, and just dies. Yeah. It just dies. Yeah. That's interesting, man. Cause <laughs> I, and I love that. you, you saying horror, that this isn't, yeah, it's like a horror part. Like it's a horror it is. stick, you know, fuck man. Like you saying that hell, opens you know? up a whole nother, because like John Carpenter does get, uh, you know, this moniker sometimes every now and then of like mm. an action director, but it's like, I don't know if he's really done... Much. The action's not even, like, amazing. And the thing is, dude, it's even not. Assault on Precinct 13 yeah. is, like, a horror movie. Mm. It's like, I would That's not say it's, it's like an a action zombie. movie. It's like a zombie movie. Yeah, exactly. A good zombie movie with no zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, is he, like, post-action? I don't know. Maybe I think he just idea. he knows his he knows his strengths, and he knows what he can do. Yeah. And he knows that, like, he's more of the... Of, of a horror guy because he did Halloween before it, right? Yeah. And I mean, plus he didn't have a big budget to like have any insane set pieces because Escape from L.A. is where you see a bunch of <laughs> yeah. a bunch of set pieces that are kind of rough. <laughs> but some of them are amazing yeah. and some of them not so much. Oh, boy. I'm but, trying to think of yeah. like other, you know, action movies that he's done. I mean, I guess there's not too many. No, Escape from Mostly LA is horror. probably his fucking like yeah, more balls is to the that. wall like action movie, you know? Yeah. Cause like this is to me, this is kind of like uh it's not it's not uh the amount of action that happens was probably just him like firing a gun at a wind at a wall and him yeah. just like going through it. That was like a zombie escape scene pretty much. Yeah, you know? It it def- it definitely does play more on the tension yeah. of like the the imbalance of power basically yeah. between like he's this one guy with maybe a couple people with him mm-hmm. and then like the duke and his whole crew because he gets he gets through the movie not really through force yeah. The way he carries himself. And that's what's so cool about Snake Bullskin. Yeah. You know. Fuck, we didn't even talk about like the fucking uh 
uh, spike bat fight in the oh yeah that one's great ring yeah, yeah. I love that it's not even it's like not good in a choreographic sense yeah, but it's yeah. just like it's not action it's like survival he yeah. just survives and then God I love that shot of the fucking yeah. bat going into his head oh, like oh and then so uh, everyone starts like chanting snake yeah snake, <laughs> snake. it's great uh, God it's a it's a fucking great movie man I know and uh, I I wish it had succeeded. I guess it was just too far ahead of its time, you know? Yeah. I guess it wasn't... Oh, boy, that image of the plane flying into the... Eesh, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you have uh, you, you have a lot of things going on in this movie. It's not as simple as it almost seems to be. Mm-hmm. You know, the plot's very simple, but there's a lot of cool things going on in it. And uh, it's... It's one of the best '80s movies, I think. Yeah, it's re- it's incredibly it's rewatchable, to, man. Mm-hmm. Like it just breezes by. Like it's just such a fun, mm-hmm. such a fun watch. But uh, yeah, yeah, guys, I mean, I think that's gonna. You have anything else you say? Want to no, say? We're, I think we're good to go. But maybe Ooh. we should have some uh, put some shout outs, I guess. Huh? Uh, yeah. Um, shout out to OC. O'Connor, oh yeah, the O'Connor, O'Connor crew. class of two thousand eight. If you're listening, <laughs> if this is your first episode. Listening, what's up? In. what's, what's up, guys? up, guys? And if you're not, well, I went to Sandra Day O'Connor, and I just went to my high, <laughs> my my ten year high school reunion. Yeah, man, it's so crazy. Yeah. We are dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, guys, look at all, listen to all the the sticker fridge podcasts. Um, all the Delphin podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, keep an eye on the website. We, you know, have stuff going up pretty somewhat frequently, yeah. uh, you know, top, top, our top movies, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are stoked for the season. Um, mm-hmm. if you have any thoughts on anything, uh, director showdown at gmail.com yeah. or tweet at us, just tweet at us and say, uh, you know, not my, uh, not uh, my podcast. drill bit. Uh, oh yeah. Not my drill bit. Uh, <laughs> Fuck, what were all the hashtags we made? You, you remember all the hashtags? on my drill bit. Well, that one, if I forgot the ones from this episode. I can't even remember Hashtag, that far back. Um, God uh, damn it. Paul, not my Paul Feig. Not my Paul Feig. <laughs> uh, if you've seen his new movie, uh, I think it's a simple favor. That's exactly. Just a simple favor is hashtag not my Paul Feig. That's not the Paul yeah, Feig who the made Paul Feig I know. A Christmas What's the stupid name? Like Christmas, Christmas, vacation, sto- uh, airport. airplane, Christmas. vacation airport. I think is what it is. Vacation, uh, an airport, airport Christmas. Christmas movie. It's an airport Christmas <laughs> semicolon vacation. <laughs> good, good movie. Um, still is best, honestly. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> Unaccompanied minors. That's Unac- it. Gosh, Jesus God. Christ! Not, I always forget the name of that. They didn't put any Christmas verbiage in the t- title. You think you yeah. would? Well, Paul Fee wanted to put minors in the title just because that's one of his favorite things in the world. Um, oh, my God. That is slander, and I could go to jail. <laughs> Maybe I'll delete that. Um, but, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, share with all your friends. Review us. And your enemies iTunes, as well. And your enemies. If you have somebody out there that is trying to kill you, <laughs> say, hey, listen, man. I know you won't kill me, but there's a podcast that's real good. <laughs> Check it out. And then they're going to shoot you in the head, but they but, might well, listen to the podcast after. And then hey, they we lost a listener, but we gained one. We so gained it's one. A net, so it's a, it's net, a net 
zero game. Yeah, it's. Uh, but then they're going to share it with them for their friends <laughs> when they kill. But they'll kill them. Yeah, it's a serial killer. It's a serial killer. So eventually, we're just going to have a, a big serial killer following. Director serial slay down slay down. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Maybe a Halloween special. Halloween special. I was thinking maybe for a bonus episode we watch Halloween. Yeah. Return of John Carpenter. Just fucking you know cut all this shit out. Maybe or I'll just leave it all in because that's probably what I'll do for the whole episode. Yeah. Um, But yeah, guys, uh, do all the normal shit that people say to do at the end of a podcast and. Uh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy this week. What are we doing next week? Next week, we I think we're doing scanners. Okay. I think. It, yeah. I might be wrong. I oh, think it's God. scanners, though. Uh, but don't hold me to it. I won't. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye.